God before us, God beside us, God behind us, God above us. Be also now between us, a bridge through which your truth may move. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. What difference does it make? Whatever. And that's kind of the universal word we use today to mean I don't care. Doesn't make a difference to me. Maybe you've had this thrown in your face before. The W for whatever by someone. I have. (laughs) Much to my chagrin. Those who feign indifference, those who pretend to not care, those who think, what difference does it make to me? What difference does it make to my life, to our lives, to the world? It's kind of odd to begin an Easter sermon with taps. We associate taps with the end of something. I can remember as a Boy Scout being the bugler, I would have to sound the end of the day, day is done. At the end, it was always a little bit sad. We hear it often at funerals, standing by a graveside saying goodbye to someone that we love and hearing those notes played. We are rarely indifferent, even when we are ready for something to be over, when we hear taps. The Romans had sayings that they would put on their tombstones. There were seven letters. And these letters stood for, they carved them into the stones. I was not, I was. I am not, I care not. Can't imagine someone saying that about someone they love. I care not. I will be honest with you, when I hear taps, it fills me with a sense of dread a sense of finality, a sense of over. In the, I think it was kind of a B-rated flick, The Last Night, you remember that, with Richard Gere and, um, and Sean Connery. It was a movie made about the knights, and Richard Gere was this strong, brave knight, and Sean Connery was kind of the older, wiser knight. And he yelled at Richard Gere's character, Have you ever been afraid? And of course, with all the bravado of a young buck, he said, no, never. To which Connery said, then you have never loved. Because to love is to know fear. 
Siegfried the Innocent. You all know this. He knew neither love nor fear. He fought off Fafner the dragon. The bird led him to the top of the mountain and to the ring of fire. And inside the fire he saw Brunhilde. Beautiful. Beauty he had never seen. This one who knew no fear. The dragon slayer. The dragon fighter. And he got there to that ring of fire and he began to tremble at her beauty. And he kisses her to life. And in an instant, he knew the meaning of fear. Wanting to protect her, wanting to love her and to keep that love forever, not letting it go, not letting anything happen to it ever. And we have all been there at one time or another in our lives. We have all been at an ending of some kind, whether it is in our lives, whether it is with one that we love, having to say goodbye. And knowing fear. And for some of us, maybe it's just a fear that it might be too late for something that we can't articulate, that we don't know. Mary Magdalene, in today's gospel, didn't just hear texts. She saw the horrific death of her Lord and her Savior, the one who loved her more than anyone else could possibly love her, Mary Magdalene, one who knew no love. She was a woman of ill repute, they think, by tradition, likely cast off by her family, likely cast off from society, someone you wouldn't even say hello to, you wouldn't even look at on the street. And yet Jesus called her He called her by her name. This is what Gibran says in Jesus, the Son of Man. I love you in yourself. Other men see a beauty in you that shall fade away sooner than their own years. But I see in you a beauty that shall not fade away. And in the autumn of your days, that beauty shall not be afraid to gaze at itself in the mirror. And it shall not be offended. I alone love the unseen you. To be loved like that. And now she comes and she sees him dead. Right? And it wasn't as if she said, like we wake up on Easter morning, Hallelujah, the Lord is risen, high five, yeah. Let's sound our bed. More cowbell, right? We need more cowbell. I so wanted a cowbell over there. Just, I'm not even a Mississippi State fan, right? But I just wanted that. Pretend like I was um, on Saturday Night Live. She didn't say, hallelujah, the Lord is risen. She said, they've taken him away. The love of my life, the one who saw me, the one who knew me. You could feel her desperation looking for him. You can feel it. You can feel the fear, can't you? You can certainly hear it. The despair, the frantic energy. We've got to find the body so we can bury him. One that I love. And then Jesus appears to Mary. And grace always approaches us first. That one-way gift, that love, it always comes to us in our need. Always comes to us in our despair. Always comes to us in our darkness. And Jesus came in the midst of her fear and her doubt. And he called her by her name. Mary. He just said her name. Mary. 
And in that word, not just all love was restored, but a love was already reaching to her from the other side. And he speaks your name and speaks my name today. Can you hear it? Can you hear the name calling to you wherever you are? In your despair, in your darkness, in your happiness, on the top of the mountain or in the valley, can you hear him call you? For you are loved eternally. And in so loving us, Jesus gives us himself and he gives us back to one another. Death and shame and despair will not have the last word. He has stepped on that and allows us to step on it today to live as if death were no more. But it doesn't take away our grief when someone dies, when something dies. Billy and Rita Coyle who lost their young son, eight years old, and they went up to the priest and they said, will we ever see our little boy again? And that is Easter. The helplessness of our love and the power of God's. Maurice Boyd says we need Easter because we love each other. We have Easter because God loves us. And will not give us to the despair or the darkness of this world or of our lives. From Mark's gospel, I want to read this to you. I love this too. Mary Magdalene and the others, the angel said, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. But go and tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you, Galilee. He goes to their home where they are from. He goes to their everyday life. Jesus eventually tells them to go out into the world, but first he sends them back home to where they are from. And I wonder what they thought this day, along with Mary Magdalene. Their Lord, their Savior, their friend, they had walked with him. They stood in the wake of death, their rabbi, their teacher, their Messiah, dead. They probably had hope that life would go on, but what kind of life would that be without Jesus And here they're being told to go back to Galilee. To go back for he said he would meet you there. It would be easy to doubt. It would be easy to give in to despair. It would be easy to say, I don't believe it. I refuse to live into it. And yet the resurrected Lord, what he said was true. He is alive and new life is flourishing. He called Mary Magdalene and the others to go back to live into this resurrected life, to show what a hopeful life is all about, to share the hope, to practice resurrection in your everyday where you are from. But that can be hard. Because Jesus asks each and every one of us to go back into the world, into our homes, into where we are from. And for some of us, that place may be joy. And for some of us, that place may be filled with light and contentment. But for others, maybe it's not. Maybe that place where you are going back is filled with sorrow or sadness. Maybe it is a place of loss this Easter Sunday. Maybe it is a place that is smoldering, a place that has anxiety and depression and anger, a relationship that is dying on the vine. Where is it that you're being called back to this Easter day? 
to live into resurrection. A deep scar of unfinished business. Sometimes I don't want to go back. I'll be honest with you. I want to stay here. Amidst the lilies and the beautiful flowers and the people shouting and screaming. I don't want to go back. But Jesus calls us by our names. Y'all ever been to the circus? I guess we don't really have the circus anymore. But you've seen the, the trapeze, the acrobats up in the air. Flying up there, letting go, letting someone else grab them and go up. The word trapeze has a root in a Greek word. The word means table. And where it is used with Jesus, it is used where he is sitting with his disciples around the table. Talking about having to let go. Talking about having to give his life into the hands of God. Not just obedience, but surrender. I've heard that used in an illustration, but oftentimes it stops there. Let go and let God. Here's something more. You know, when you're up there in the air on that trapeze, which I've never been, but I've heard. (laughs) I wish, right? You can't see anything. I mean, I would have lost vision about halfway up the ladder, right? But you can't see, you can't hear, it's all a blur. And so you can't time your letting go of the trapeze. And so there's someone that stands down there at the bottom and they're watching. And what they do is they call out a sound. Hup! Hup! And that's your sign to let go. And so you are letting go with no vision, no sight, no knowledge of who is there. You are simply relying on that voice. Let go. Hup! And if you let go at the sound of that voice, you will be caught. And you will be delivered. Sometimes it's hard to let go. But this day, Jesus calls you by your name, calls you to let go, calls you to surrender, calls you to go back to your Galilee, to your home, to Eufaula, to Birmingham, wherever you may be from this day. For I am waiting there for you with open arms and with strength and with light that has conquered death itself. A life that will give you life that will allow you strength to practice resurrection in your every day. That's where these lilies are around, right? They're answering the question of what happens when we die. For nothing will separate us from God or those we have loved. No rupture, no widowhood, no lost love, no unfulfilled love, no child that you have loved is ever finally separated because we go on to perfect love in the bosom of a God who resurrects us And Jesus calls each and every one of us by name as he called Mary Magdalene by name. Calling us home. Calling us to our own Galilee. Where we will meet the risen Lord and we will remember that God is always waiting to meet us. Working resurrection in the midst of our lives. Winston Churchill, when he died, wanted taps played at his funeral. This beautiful cathedral, right? St. Paul's huge. But he wanted more than that. 
See, his taps was finishing, signaling the end of his life. On the other side of that great space, a bugler began playing Reveille. It's time to get up, it's time to get up, it's time to get up in the morning. Here was testimony that at the end of history, the last note is not going to be taps. At the end of your darkness, the last note will not be taps. At the end of life itself, the last note will not be taps. It is going to be reveille. It is going to be that hope that there is something to get up for. There is something to go home to. And that's where he got the courage to never give up. And we get our courage in the same place. What difference does it make? It makes all the difference in the world. For it is the difference between despair and hope. It is the difference between life and death. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.